Hi and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you are currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at either our 10am or 4pm service. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this great message from Sunday service. It is really, really good to be here. So lovely. Well, I have come from Melbourne, as uh, James has told you, the, the most locked down city in COVID, I think across the world, we are known for. So look, hey, we used to be the world's most livable city. Now we are the world's most lockable city. But, um, you know, I've got to tell you, it's been an adventure for us. It's had its really tough days and it's had um, some character-building moments. Well, this year, so we've had two years where we've had a long period where we've been locked down. So this year, um, we sort of had a bit of a different mindset about this whole lockdown thing. So officially, we weren't allowed to go more than five kilometres from our home. And you weren't allowed to leave your house for any other reason than to exercise, go to the doctor, like just those really strict things. And this went on for about 14 weeks, where we were really not allowed to see our friends or go anywhere. So we've got a really cool coffee shop really close to us, and it's called Buddy's Cafe. And um, they make a really good coffee, but they also make a great toasty. And we also this year moved into a new area, and this is our coffee shop in the new area. So what we started to do on Saturdays during this really strict lockdown was we would go for a walk and accidentally run into some friends outside buddies, <laughs> and we would have ourselves a coffee, a takeaway coffee with some toasted sandwiches. We'd stand on, literally stand on the footpath outside a shop underneath the awning, and we would have some connection time with our friends while we were exercising, walking <laughs> near our <laughs> local shop. <laughs> And it was amazing. Honestly, we would laugh. We were social distancing. We were doing all the right things. We were, you know, but we had our coffees. And this was so, so important. It really encouraged our spirits to the point that we called ourselves, we ended up with this group on Facebook called Buddies Buddies because we were all the buddies who would meet at Buddies Coffee Shop. And so we we were loving this. And we were probably about six weeks in to our little Saturday morning moment like really on Monday I couldn't wait till Saturday to have this moment outside this coffee shop so we're there one day and this lady pulls up in a car she she pulls up the driveway next to the shop front where we were and she winds down the window opposite her with her little electric window and she says she's she's like what are you doing stop talking to each other put your masks on she starts abusing us like just blatantly abusing us at the top of her voice, like angry at us, so angry. Now, you've got to understand, we, people were doing crazy things everywhere. People were frustrated. People were like just so annoyed that we couldn't live our lives in their normal ways. So I'm sure this woman was just having a moment. 
I'm sure this wasn't her normal <laughs> Saturday morning behaviour. But all of a sudden we found people felt like they were the police. They were the enforcers. They were the ones that could tell everybody else what to do. But at that moment I just saw unkindness at its ultimate. It was just so ugly. It was just so mean as this woman was abusing us through the window. And you know what? We've had a season where there's so many different views. People are polarised in their thinking. We've had all sorts of opinions. But I've got to tell you, I think right now our world could do with just a little bit of kindness. Just a little bit of extra kindness. And as I started to think about this, I actually discovered that kindness is, in fact, so powerful. Kindness itself is such a significant thing in society. And today I want to just unpack kindness for you a little bit. Because as I learnt about this, I was just so blown away by what God can do through us and in us through kindness. So are you ready to receive that this morning? So Father, I pray that as we just hear this word, Lord, that you would transform each of us a little bit more, Lord, that we would receive what you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So kindness is powerful. Um, the researcher, Shanti Feldman, she's a social researcher. She's written some amazing books I would encourage you to read. She defines kindness as this. After doing all this research on human behaviour, she says this about kindness. I think you've got it on your screen. Awesome. It says, kindness is a superpower. It is explosive. It is supernatural and transformational. True kindness always strengthens and empowers. It never weakens. It changes you. It changes you, not just others. It melts hardness and makes gentleness immensely powerful. Kindness has a power to transform that is unparalleled in social science. From This is like an amazing definition. And in summary, Shanti is saying to us that social science has discovered that you and I thrive, you and I flourish, we do our best life, things happen when, because of the way that we choose to treat others, not how others treat us. So often we think that we can only flourish, that our life can only be fantastic because of what happens around us. But they have found through social science that in fact, we can be in the worst situation, the most difficult of relationships, but still thrive when we choose kindness towards others. How we treat people matters. You know, you and I, maybe you're here for the very first time, maybe you've never read your Bible, but I have a feeling many of us in the room have read our Bibles before. And we know that this is not new. This is not new information. Science may have just found it. But the Apostle Paul tells us the same thing. The Apostle Peter, my apologies. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called. Why? so that you may inherit the blessing, so that you may inherit the blessing. Kindness blesses you. That poor woman in that car, yes, she said mean words to us. Yes, we felt hurt, but you know what? It just washed off, really. But how did she feel? 
going home to her house. Something tells me her spirit wasn't pleasant as she went home, that she was troubled. That's not a flourishing attitude. Kindness blesses those around us, but it also blesses us. And I found that, you know, in COVID, this amazing COVID lockdown that we had, I actually found that kindness was really quite easy because I was pretty much home by myself. I didn't really have to be kind to anybody other than Richard and my son. So, you know what, when we're in our own world and we live isolated, kindness is actually fairly simple. But the truth is that kindness isn't so easy when we're faced with people day in, day out, confronting situations, people who have said hurtful things or aren't helping us. Kindness is not always something easy. Are you relating to what I'm saying? You know, as I said, we moved house in June. We moved into a new house. We bought the house in March. So we had this three-month settlement, a long time before we could actually move. So if you know me, which some of you do, I like to be organised. I've been studying and all my assignments are handed in early. All my homework is done early. I am the prepared, ready to go, everything, all the boxes are ticked way in advance. I think it's a great way to live life and I think you all should do the same. But anyway, so <laughs> I love things organised, but Richard, he doesn't like to do things too far in advance. He's the last minute guy. So we are getting ready, we love him. He's allowed to be him, but we're getting ready to move. And I was like, okay, let's start packing it at like the first, like three months in advance. And he's like, no, we're not packing. I'm like, what do you mean we're not packing? I have to pack. He goes, nope, you're not allowed to pack. Oh, okay, all right, can I get the boxes? Hmm, maybe. So I started to collect boxes. I had permission for this. Anyway, so we got the boxes, but he wouldn't let me pack until two weeks before we're going to move. I go into the kitchen and he's got a box. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're allowed to pack. Are we allowed to pack? How exciting. <laughs> so I was ready, which is really good. And then I look at how he's packing. No, no joke. Like I look at the box and he's ready with the tape to go on the top. He's reaching for it. There's two things in the box and a lot of air. Like the box is pretty much empty. And I look and I go, are you packing like that? Because as I said, I like to control things and things to be, okay. I'm like, are you, are you packing, is that? He goes, yes. And right there, I got to choose kindness. Right there. 30 years of marriage, right there, boom. Okay, that's fine, pack like that. And I walked away. I'm thinking, oh no, this is going to be a disaster. We are going to have so many boxes because if we're going to put one thing in every box, oh wow. So this is going to be a really big... <laughs> anyway, you're going down. Don't worry, it's my turn today. You're going down. <laughs> you know, as the preacher's wife, you're always copying it on that front row. So I like to get the most out of it. Whenever I get a chance, say, he's got to pay. <laughs> Lucky he's handsome. <laughs> Back on point, hey. So then I go into the garage. We decided that we would put the boxes in the garage so that we'd leave the car outside and put them all in the garage so we were ready. So he then packed a few boxes and I walk back in and he's in the garage. 
And literally, these, <laughs> these two boxes are in the middle of the garage. Like, not next to each other, just randomly thrown in the middle. Oh, kindness, Helen, kindness, kindness. It's not easy in our relationships, in our everyday life, in our friendships. Kindness is not easy. We find people frustrating. We find even those we love annoying. But we have to show kindness. You know, maybe, maybe God finds us annoying sometimes. Maybe God finds you annoying sometimes. I was reading Isaiah 54. God is talking about, the scripture here is talking about God being the husband and us, his people, Israel, being his bride, his wife. And God is just frustrated with them. He's annoyed with them. And it says this, it says, In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. I just see our Heavenly Father, just like me in the doorway of, of the garage, just like, oh, really? And But God was so upset with them. He had his head down. Oh, I'm so frustrated. And then it goes on to say, but with everlasting kindness, but with everlasting kindness, I have compassion. That's how our Father responds to us. Even though we're annoying, even though we let him down, even though he's trying to speak to us and encourage us and lead us and guide us and we're doing our own thing sometimes, he says, but with everlasting kindness, I have compassion on you. God chooses kindness. You know, in John chapter 8, we get a picture of Jesus. Jesus has been in the Mount of Olives. He's been praying. He's been seeking God. He's like an amazing grow group leader who's prepared for his grow group. He's prepared for his connect group. And then he comes into the temple and they're sitting around him and he's teaching and they're having this amazing, amazing God moment. They're all sharing and listening to Jesus. They're being taught. They're being encouraged. It's just one of those, one of those nights, one of those meetings. It's just like, wow. That was, oh, it's so good. And he's there and he's sitting down, it says to us. He's sitting and he's got all these people around him. And the Pharisees, the religious, the law keepers, drag in this woman. They drag in this woman who's been caught in adultery. They drag her in. She's ashamed. She's embarrassed. No doubt she felt awkward. She was guilty. Do you know when they dragged her in, she'd actually done the wrong thing. She was guilty of the laws of the land. The Pharisees weren't doing something evil. The Pharisees were doing something that was actually quite acceptable in society. And they bring in this woman and they know that officially death is her end. That is the thing. There is a judgment that is right for this woman. And they're crowding around and they're waiting for Jesus to bring the rules. They're waiting for Jesus to bring the judgment. They're waiting for Jesus to say, she is wrong. Stone her. But verse 6 of this passage, there's just two simple words. But Jesus. But Jesus. Jesus chooses to bring something different 
from what was expected. Jesus chooses to turn up in that, in that situation with a different word, a different message than what could have easily been. He's, he was down and he stands up and he has an opportunity right there to rant at the Pharisees. Wouldn't it have been fair and reasonable for Jesus right there to say, you self-righteous Pharisees? He doesn't. He chooses kindness right there for the Pharisees. He looks at them and he says, if you're perfect, go ahead. And he ducks back down. Right there, such kindness. Jesus chooses to give them room to escape. Jesus chooses to give them a way out. He doesn't point the finger at them. He doesn't hold them accountable for what was really something that they were able to do. It was okay for them to bring judgment on this woman. But Jesus lets them choose a kind way out. Jesus gives them an escape. Jesus chooses kindness. Come on, give Jesus some praise in this place. And then, and then he bows down again, it says. It says he went back. He bowed his head and let them respond. When he stands up again, they're gone. The only person standing before him is the woman. The woman who's ashamed. The woman who's embarrassed. The woman who has in some way done the wrong thing. She stands before him. And Jesus says, I forgive you. Just go and live differently. Go and live better. He shows her kindness. He doesn't show her um, judgment. Jesus was kind to the girl and he was kind to the religious. Jesus chose kindness at every turn in that story. And I think you and I, well, I know I can find myself in that story. You know, the, the, the guilty, the wrongdoer, the person who's done the wrong thing. Feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, feeling embarrassed. That sick feeling in your stomach when you know there's trouble, there's tension. The person doing the judging. I've been the person doing the judging, looking at someone's life, pointing the finger. What they've done is wrong. What they've done isn't the right thing to do. And it's easy to point the finger at them just like the Pharisees did. I've been that person. I've been the troublemaker. The Pharisees were trying to stir Jesus up to make him say something that would get, them in, that get him in trouble. I've been the troublemaker in a conversation. I'm right. You're wrong. I want to prove my point. I've been that. I've been this person in this story. I remember as a mum, in my car in the mornings, we'd be getting ready for school as we're trying to get in the car. And I'd be there, come on, hurry up, yelling, 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 like from 8 o'clock in the morning till 8.25, yelling, 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 yelling. Like mean, mean, not nice. This was stressful. And I'd get all my kids in the car eventually and I'd take them to school and I'd push them out the door pretty much. All the mums in the room know what I'm talking about or the dads who do the drop-off. And then I would drive away and feel so horrible. All the way to work, the next 15 minutes, 
I'd had this remorse about, oh my gosh, why do I do that? Why am I so mean? Why am I yelling at my kids? Choosing kindness makes such a difference. Eventually, I decided that whether we were late or early, I wasn't going to yell at my kids. I was just going to, even if, whatever, we're late anyway and I'm yelling, we may as well be late and not yelling and then I might feel better at least by the time I get my kids to school. So I stopped yelling. We got ready at the same time. Everything was great, but I felt amazing. Kindness blesses us more than it blesses others. Kindness changes our lives. Kindness leaves us feeling great. You know, whether you feel alone, whether as a parent, sometimes we can feel like we're judging ourselves, that we failed. We need to be so much more in our workspace, in whatever's going on. We're, We're missing the mark, but we have to show ourselves kindness. You know, it's so easy to want to point the finger at one another, to, point, to highlight, do you know you did the wrong thing? Do, don't you realise you did the wrong thing? But Jesus didn't do that with the Pharisees. He didn't point at them and say, you've done the wrong thing. He gave them room to go. He showed kindness. God's kindness is here for you and I. God's kindness towards us and so that we can show it to others. You know, the word says that God uses kindness to soften us, to actually soften our hearts and our attitudes. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. God's God's kindness takes us somewhere. It softens us so that we will turn to him. When we receive what he has for us, we turn to him. You know, I know myself as, as a sort of young adult, I was in a place where I'd met Jesus, I knew Jesus, I was passionate about God, but then I found myself making life choices that were not God's way. I was choosing to be a Christian who was not walking God's way. And I remember I remember so clearly every day I'd be like, oh, Jesus, please don't come back yet. Oh, please don't come back yet. Please don't come back yet. I don't know why I didn't just start living how I knew God wanted me to live. I'm not quite sure why that revelation didn't fall on me. But it was eventually God's kindness, not his judgment, not his harshness towards me, not his hard word, but his kindness that brought me to repentance and a change. I remember receiving his kindness, like, God, I can't believe that you still love me, even though I've done these things, even though I've disappointed you. And his kindness came like a flood into my heart and caused me to repent, caused me to change, caused me to live differently. His his kindness calls us to respond. It calls us to receive from him. And I've got to tell you, God's kindness is here for you today afresh. As I was preparing, as I was praying for you, I just sensed that some of you have been on this journey for a long time, but God is saying, I have kindness afresh for you today. I want to pour it out in your spirit. I want it to flow through you. Your family need my kindness. You need my kindness, says our Heavenly Father. Because God himself is kindness. He is, he, it comes from him. When we try to do it on ourselves, by ourselves, I've got to tell you, it's really hard work. 
trying to be kind all the time. It's not easy. And I don't know how humans do it that don't know God, that don't have his spirit, because Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, 23 tells us that kindness is the fruit of his spirit. It actually comes from having him inside us. This is not a message saying, come on, guys, let's be kind. Come on, 10 top tips to how to be kind. How to be kind at school, how to be kind at work. Put a kind banner in your car. Put a kind banner on your, on your windscreen, you know, like let's be kind, let's be kind, let's be smiley and kind. No, we need God. We need God to get inside us that his spirit can come out. Come on, I reckon you can give God some noise there. It's his fruit. It's not the fruit of Helen Kabakian. It's not the fruit of Richard Kabakian. It's the spirit of God that allows kindness to flow in our lives. And life happens. Pain happens. But we need his spirit. I love the picture that the Bible gives us that we are his trophies. You and I are the trophies of God's kindness, seated with Christ. I um, had a friend at school, Jenny Matthews. I went right through primary school with her. There was only three girls in my grade growing up. There was 12 of us in my class and three girls. And Jenny Matthews was just my bestest of bestest friends. And um, Jenny was really good at sport. Me. Nothing. I (laughs) I never got a ribbon. I never got a trophy. Jenny, she would win at swimming, she would win at running, she would ride horses, she would win, she would um, play tennis, she would win. So when I would go to her house, on her shelves and her wall were ribbons, blue ribbons, blue ribbon, blue ribbon, blue, red, blue, 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 maybe one green. There were trophies, big trophies. And then, you know, the ones that got the the neck thing and the, the medal, she had them all, all of them lined up and I just look at them and feel so so small but she had so many trophies and she she could point to these trophies and tell me about how she had won them this was horse riding this was swimming this was tennis and you know what that's what we are to God we're his trophies lined up in life, and God points to us, says, look at my trophy of grace. Look at my trophy of kindness over there. Can you see what I've done in that life and what that does? Look at that in that home, in that family. Look at this one. God, where's that scripture? The next one, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. It says, so God... The the next version, if you don't mind. So God can point to us. We're trophies. God's pointing to us. The angels in heaven, he's like, hey, 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 have you seen? Have you seen Dan? Hey, hey, guys, look, look, look at my trophy of kindness. He can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he's done for us who are united with Christ. Where where are his trophies? 
We're his, his shiny beacons everywhere we go, in our homes, in our schools, in our workplace. We are the trophies of God's kindness. He is in us, indwelling us, moving through us. Oh, come on, God, let me shine, let me shine, let me carry you wherever you need me to go. When we point out, when we carry what God has put on our hearts and lives, others are blessed, others are seen, but we are blessed. We are his trophies. He is proud of us. He is shining on us. You know, in, in your kitchen, in your home, Jesus, in that moment of chaos, people coming from this direction, people coming from that direction, he chose kindness. And we can be kind. You and I can show kindness. You know, we, we can't control other people. I can't control how somebody is going to behave. I can't control how they're going to respond to my situation. But we can show kindness. We can choose that even when life gets real, we can be the kindness carriers. Amen? How? How do we do this? How do we choose kindness? You know, I told you I wasn't going to give you the top 10 points for whatever, but I've got a couple. All right, I'll just sneak a couple of how-tos because I'm a bit of a practical person. I like a little bit of how-to. So how? How do we choose kindness? Well, first of all, Holy Spirit. We have to invite Holy Spirit to come, flow through us, help us. And then something practical is, is to stop thinking negatives. If there's somebody in your life, a situation, a person in particular that you're struggling to be kind to, like often there's just that one person that you're good everywhere, but that one, that one just gets me every time. Well, the best thing to do is to stop thinking negative. Don't think negative about that person. Put a stop on the negative. Sometimes we feel like if we get it out, share it with a few people, vent a little bit, Make it feel better because we've shared how annoying that person is that we will feel better. It's actually not true. You won't feel any better. It doesn't help in any way. You actually, what you're doing when you speak it out is you're searing it in your spirit. You're actually pushing that thought down even further. You're better to just go, you know what? They're annoying. I'm going to leave it behind. And I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Ephesians chapter 4, 29 tells us this. This is not news, guys. It says, do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. So if it can't be good, don't say it. That it may benefit those who listen. You know, one of the things about those who listen, so often we think about the person sitting opposite us. But do you know the person who hears what you say or think more than anybody else? You. <laughs> You're the ones thinking it. You're the one listening to all those negative thoughts. So just stop it because it says it's not helping you. It's not building you up. So don't think it. Don't, don't do it. You know, we had someone in our world that had given us a lot of grief. This was many years ago. And eventually as a staff, we'd sort of this person's name would pop up in staff meeting, would pop up, you know, you know, we were all a little bit annoyed at them. Eventually what we did was we got a jar. We called it the swear jar. If you mentioned that person's name, you had to put money in the jar <laughs> because it wasn't helping us. 
He, it wasn't affecting him. It wasn't helping us. It wasn't building us up, speaking negative words about that person. So the first thing is, stop, don't speak negative. The second thing is, be positive. Have positive words about that person. Try, like Philippians 4 verse 8 tells us, try to think of something good. There's always something good in a person. You know what, that lady that pulled up that day, she had nice hair. She had lovely hair. It was blonde. It was, it was lovely. It looked soft from a distance. I wouldn't have got close enough to try and touch it, but, but you know, <laughs> she might have eaten me. But no, no, not speaking like that. She, she had nice hair, the lady. And um, so try to think of something good about that person. Try to see something in them that God loves about them. And all of it's interesting, watching your faces as I've said that, you've all smiled. There's been a shift inside you as you've gone from thinking the negative to something positive. Your faces have lifted. So think good things. You know, often when we've got marriage couples in our, that are struggling in our office and they come in and they sit on either end of the couch, far, far away from each other. So we have a little trick. We say, hey, okay, look, you know, we're going to talk about what's going on. But first of all, why don't you, um, you know, it's like, how did you guys meet? And then one of them, we, they're like this, their body language. And one of them will be, well, you know, I was at high school and he saw me across the classroom and da, 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 da. And you see the body language start to soften. And then, and what about you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I saw her there. And he'll start to tell the story. So often, 10 minutes later, they're sitting next to each other. They've scooted together. Now they're holding hands. Okay, now let's talk about what we need to talk about. Let's remember, come on, let's remember the good things. Because what we focus on is what we see. You sit by a red car. Everywhere you go, there's red cars. I never saw a red car before. What we focus on is what we see. So as we focus on the good in a relationship, we will start to see it. Jesus knows. Jesus knows this, that as we, as we stop thinking negative, think positive, and then do something practical for that person, that things shift. In um, Luke chapter 6, it says this, But to you who are listening, I say, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend, that, and lend to them. Don't expect anything back and you will get rewarded. Good. Jesus has told us right from the beginning, show kindness to others even when they've done the wrong thing by you and you will be blessed. You'll be blessed with peace in your spirit. You'll be blessed in your heart. You'll be blessed with healthy relationships. This is kindness. This is the kindness that God shows us. Totally unconditional, without limit, kindness. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 and 8. It says, You see, at just the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Let's be real. But for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were sinners, while we were mean, 
while we were ungracious, while we were unkind, while we were selfish, while we were whatever we were, Jesus died for us. And this is the ultimate kindness that God has done. That first of all, he would die for us so that we can have relationship with him. And maybe you're in the room, maybe you're online and you don't know Jesus. You don't, you've never experienced this supernatural kindness that comes from God. That he would come and live in your heart and show you his complete grace for anything you've ever done. I remember when I first received Jesus, just as a little girl, I was eight years old, but I knew, I knew as a little girl that I needed Jesus, that there was something in between me and God that was blocking us, that I had sin, that I was, um, that I had a blockage. And as I received Jesus as just a young girl, he came into my heart, forgave me of my past, forgave me my future, and took me on this journey of relationship. But as I've said, this relationship goes on into the future. This relationship is for every day. It's not just a once-off thing. This relationship is the Spirit coming and showing me, be kind, be kind. Let me flow. Let me bless your life as you are kind to others. Blessing will come upon you. And I know for some of us in the room, you've got some big blockages. Some of us online. Some big things, like I was saying back then, after I'd been a Christian all those years, I'd, I'd, I ha- I'd had to encounter the kindness in a powerful, powerful way. I had to turn, I had to repent because God's kindness was waiting for me. And then for some of us, it's allowing the Spirit to come through us so that we can behave kindly to others. We've received God's kindness. We know He's for us. We know He's with us. But for those around us, the kindness of God supernaturally needs to flow. So what I would love to do, I want to pray for those who receive Jesus for the very first time. And then we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to sing for a moment. We're going to just let you, I'm going to ask the band to minister. And then I'm going to pray for us to receive the supernatural kindness of God afresh today. So I would love you if you have never received Jesus and today's your day. I've got to tell you, today is the day to receive Jesus into your heart and experience transformation. I would love you right now, whether you're at home or whether you're here in the room, would you just raise your hand, just give me a wave so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. And if you're at home, we're going to pray together in a moment and you can join us. Thank you, Father. So I'd love you to pray after me. And as you pray this prayer, by faith, your eternity is shifted. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you that that you live in me now and my past is forgiven. I ask that you would speak to me as a Christian in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give those guys. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship.